You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 317. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is bookkeeping software for creatives and small business owners that want to enjoy and feel aligned while they're doing their bookkeeping. I love using it so much. I've been using it for, I guess, let's say 2012. We're almost at 2020, so eight or nine years now. That's wild. I can't believe I've been doing my business for that long. But along with that, having FreshBooks has made it, at least on the bookkeeping side, so simple and easy and fun to use. I love the way that they've designed the interface. I love how easy it is for my team members to log in, for us to track time, invoice clients, track our expenses, and I love that income profit and loss report. It is just so easy for me to go in and see all those things and have the conversations I need to have with my accountant and bookkeeper at a glance. If you wanna try this for 30 days for free to see if you love it as much as I do, head over to freshbooks.com lively, and then in the how did you hear about us section, mention you heard it on The Lively Show. Now let's move on. You guys, before we get into today's episode, I have to say the other day I was watching quantum mechanics videos <laughs> as I like to do in my fun free time alignment. Sometimes looks like quantum mechanics. And as I was watching this very scientific and very non-metaphysical channel from a quantum physicist about this famous equation of E equals MC squared and Einstein and the causal constant of the speed of the light, all of the sudden everything that channels like Abraham or here at The Collective on The Lively Show or just basically other channels as well. So like the stuff the channels say about the non-physical reality and even Eckhart Tolle and enlightenment and all the things from the power of now all merged together through this famous equation. And I just got so excited and then realized that most of my friends in my real life don't actually care about quantum mechanics and those kind of equations the way that I do. And so as I was sitting there buzzing for days later, so excited by this connection that I made for myself, I thought, you know, who can I talk to about this? Who can I share this with? And I realized some of you might be interested. Maybe you like to geek out on this stuff too. Maybe you like to find the connections or potential bridges between things like quantum mechanics as we're understanding it in our current reality on the straight physics side of things and also bridging it with the metaphysics. So I'm so excited to create a presentation and share this all with you if you're interested. Now, if this sounds like fun and you really wanna geek out on this kind of stuff and the potentials that may be there, feel free to go over to jesslively.com slash EMC. Again, that's jesslively.com slash EMC. I'm gonna do a one day online live workshop. It's gonna be three hours long. I'll spend one hour sharing the information that I actually have created for you as a presentation to walk you through the information. And then we'll do a fun two hour Q&A, which could be related to E equals MC squared and the concepts I'll share or anything you have to share or ask me around the concepts of consciousness and all the stuff that we've been doing here on the show. I haven't done an online class in quite a while since the spring with Magic Not Manual. So this will be a fun little recap if you haven't done a class with me before. The community is awesome in Zoom, which is where we'll be doing it as always. The chat is quite lively. People love to meet each other in the chat and find other like-minded friends to connect with, whether they're in their area or they're all over the world. So you're welcome to go meet each other as I'm sharing and chatting with you guys. And in the two hour piece, we'll have people come into the hot seat. So we will troubleshoot whatever I can help you with. 
So if your intuition feels it's a fit, the class is actually gonna be done live on November 20th. That's from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern time, U.S. time. So that's gonna be 6 to 9 on November 20th. So yeah, if you're interested, please join us over there. Now let's move on to today's show. This episode is with The Collective, and let me say it is the densest in terms of content and what I feel like we hit the non-linear time so deeply in this one. As I was watching the clock, as we recorded this episode, I was amazed at how much ground we covered so quickly. And it was actually kind of funny as I was loading this specific episode for our team in the Google Drive folder, once it was recorded, it was so funny because it kept showing for whatever reason that it was going to take like 15 hours to load, which is ridiculous and definitely not needed. But I was just kind of joking with people as I was spending the whole day trying to figure out how to get this file to actually load properly. I was like, well, it's just so dense with information all about creation and the essence of it. And I was just thinking this is so dense in terms of its value that, of course, it's heavier than others. So anyways, all of that to say is let's go to the show. I hope you love it as much as I do. Let me know when they're here. We want to say we're all in. We have arrived. Hello, my friends. We're here again. Hello to you. Hello to you. It's so wonderful to share this moment. It is so precious to us. And we won't say we were impatient, but we were really looking forward to this time to share with you. It's funny, I can almost sense my own inner voice wanting to start rhyming it's Dr. Susie <laughs> fairy godmother thing at you, but I'll stay in the human mind for right now. So we're going to talk about thoughts today, it sounds like. Yes, thoughts. Oh, how much space they take in your lives. Yes, we do have something that we want to bring forth with the topic of thoughts. Do you have questions you want to take off your mind before we start? Sure, I have many. I hear the essence of thought spoken through Abraham's work, Abraham Hicks, a lot. And a few thoughts come to mind. I'll just put them on the table for us. They're like playing cards, if you will. <laughs> I'm going to lay my cards down. So they say that, you know, the building blocks of creation are thought. And I think from a little peek Annie sent me from you guys that you seem to agree. But then I've also heard Abraham say that in many, a few other channels as well, sources saying, we didn't plan to come into this reality to use the mind as much as we are using it. You even last week said the same thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're not supposed to use the mind that much, but as far as I'm aware, our thoughts generated in minds. And if so, are we just supposed to have the thought once? And then I know we talked about creation over the several sessions and you've said let go of the mind and let go of thinking about visualizing and creating so it's just like oh I like a purple pony and then somehow never think about a purple pony again because then your mind's just going to create resistance and blah 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 so I think there's this kind of interesting contrast or this weird thing where it's like well essence of creation's thoughts but then we're overthinking how do we coexist with that Okay, so I get where you want to go, or we see the main blockage here. It's not for you, it's for everyone, every human being. You were right when you said the mind wasn't supposed to be that interventionist in the process of creation. That's how it became, because you are the creators, so you made it that way. We want you to understand or to grasp that the mind could have been taking a far lesser a far smaller 
part of the process. That's what you have to deal with now. And since you created it, you can also uncreate the space or the importance it has for now. So back to the basis of this essence of creation, the essence of creation is thought. But the belief that thought has to arise from the mind is what is losing you in the forest, if we can say so. You're getting lost in thinking where is the thought arising from. But we want you to consider, and what if thoughts could arise from the divine inside of you? What if a thought could be born from the flow of life? And just feel what we just said. Feel that in your own body. Feel it in all of your being. What if a thought could arise from the divine in you without stepping into the mind sandbox? It just clicked in, by the way. The minute you said that, Abraham always says, clear the mind and let the inspiration come to you. And when I'm looking at the chat that Annie sent me, I'm literally looking at the three words essence of creation. What is the essence of creation? Now, my human mind thought at first, what is the essence of creation? And then I kind of lumped myself, which in some sense, the human is a creation, the form. But then I realized it's not the essence of consciousness. When I use the word essence now, I'm so used to thinking of consciousness. The consciousness is not an essence, but this is just creation itself, which is a subcategory within consciousness, has its own essence. So its thoughts are the essence of creation, but that's obviously nothing to do with the essence of consciousness that's the essence of us <sighs> you're right so it's important for you now to have clarity consciousness would be like the ocean or the vastness of the cosmos yeah let's forget about the ocean so consciousness would be the vastness of the cosmos and then creation is what is manifested within so when we say what is the essence of creation? We are speaking for you. We're not speaking for us beings who are not embodied. We know what is creation. We know what is the essence of it, but we're here to teach. We're here to show you that creation in your world, where you are, is something that has to be manifested. It can be manifested in the non-physical, of course, and that's where it starts, but it can also be brought into the form and that's what we're here to teach, to show you how easy it can be to manifest in the form when you take away the limits, when you go out of your box, when you dare to climb the walls and look on the other side what's there. So basically it's coming back to not using the mind and allow the thoughts to arise from a different space. Some of you are meditation adepts or they may be yoga practitioner. And then you know there is this space where you settle in this space of stillness where your mind is not stopped by your will, but your mind is just at ease. Your mind is so enjoying these little moments of nothingness. And then it becomes lighter. It has less density. And that's the magic, that's the alchemy we were speaking about when the thought 
can arise from within, from the deeper space within, from the stillness where the divine is dwelling. Can I give you an example so that this will help pull apart the difference between where the thoughts arise from and how it's confusing? Yes. Okay. One of the things Abraham speaks to in other channels as well, let's hear from you. First, is it possible for, let's say, a human or an animal to regrow a limb if they lost a limb, a body part? It would be. Okay. This is what I hear. Now, okay. Now, the human loses their arm in a car accident. Of course, the mind is going to look at the, <laughs> the missing arm and want their arm back or a new arm of some sort. So that's going to be a mental thought. Are they supposed to just meditate in acceptance of it and hope that they hear from their essence that they will get a new arm? <laughs> that's a place where we're happy to go. Let's talk about resistance. So resistance has, for you humans for now, has two, two levels of a manifestation in your life. There is the individual resistance, the one that the individual has created in his own context of life, his or hers context of life. And there are the mass consciousness resistance. So for now, humanity is in a place where losing a limb in a car accident, let's say, or with a sickness or whatever, human resistance is at this place where it cannot grow again. So this is something that is permeable. This is something that will evolve, will change. But for now, it's not the situation. So that's why some very rare people are able to heal parts of their body in a way that the medical world for now is still, I mean, they have their mouth open. They don't understand how it's happening and they are dubious about the results, but they do have to believe the images that they're seeing. Some people are able to strengthen bones that were fully broken. Some people are able to reconnect brain circuits that were considered dead and that medical world were not seeing as possible. So these miracles, they happen. And this is when the human being is going beyond the resistance of the human. Okay, now in that, Joe Dispenza, as an example, I'm sure a lot of people are listening and a lot of people love his work. He has a list a mile long of different diseases that people, I've even met one of them at one of his events that had cancer and through meditation in the mind, trying to get rid of the cancer, did. But you're saying to go beyond the mind's thoughts. So I think right now the humans are sitting in their minds trying to will their money and will their abundance and their health and their healing through mind meditation. Is that and mental thought, but still mental. These, oh, it's much more than mental. It's a word using the mind, the meditative mind is just a way of going beyond what you still don't believe is possible. But this man that you're speaking about, he's doing miracles. We are very much in connection with that energy and we understand that he had to take the scientific path to explain what happened to him first and what he can convey people and, and bring people to realize in their own life. These people need the mental process to accept that their body can do miracles. But it's all the same. It's all coming back to going beyond the mind as you use it as a human being and becoming 
the miracle human becoming the divine human, becoming the connected conscious human. So would someone be better off not thinking about it mentally in meditating and allowing and releasing resistance? Or would they be better doing the pineal gland activation that this guy did over and over again for a long time until it snapped, until it popped, basically? All depends of what one is attracted to, what one can trust. There are a thousand ways to come to the same results. It really is about what do you trust? What do you feel is good for you? That's why there are so many teachers now. It's because some will be attracted to something that is more in the surrendering realm and less into the protocol realm. And some others will be attracted by having a protocol and they need that. But it's all coming to the same result. It's depending on what makes you feel at ease, what you're able to trust, what do you feel like trying for now? It doesn't matter. It's all good. Yeah, just in my head, I think there's still a little blocker obscurement where it's like thinking those people are just putting a lot of thought into thought and mind and using and manipulating the mind to the body where now the way I perceive it is that the consciousness of us is so much more infinite than the mind aspect. It's like picking up a giant car with like a baby's hand versus a giant crane. It's much easier to pick up a car with a crane than a baby's hand. And I just see the mind now trying to do these feats of nature is like the baby trying to pick up a car. That's why we're telling you everyday practice getting out of your mind. Then it will be lighter, clearer, less dense, less cluttered. And then you can use the mind as it was meant to be used, just as a tool of creation also, in which you can use the manifested world to, to realize what you want, but you do not need to go through the mind as you know it now. The mind that is so complicated, so cluttered, has so many laws and rules and beliefs and limits this is the conditioned mind. The most miraculous creations will come from the unconditioned mind. Yes, that's what fascinates me now is the unconditioned. So thoughts. I actually had this question with Abraham in the hot seat and <laughs> I asked it with them. I was like, actually, so the mind is the five sensory organ. It's accumulation of all the nerve centers of all the body parts. That's so the accumulation of the body's five sensory experience in this reality. That's the interpretation. The mind, as you know, it stocks the interpretation of the senses. It's not pure senses. There is a big difference. And what's the difference? When you use the mind without the beliefs, when you use the mind to sense, how could we say this? For now, the problem or this situation or what blocks human from the better creation is that in their mind, they have expectations of when I touch something that is like ice, it's going to be cold. I'm going to be reacting this and that way. They have set rules and they have expectations and they have history. So when you release the history and you allow yourself to receive from the senses in the mind 
through the perception of the brain, those neural pathways, all the electrical system that is there, when you feel or connect with that, because it's more a connection than a feeling, without the history, this is the mind freed from conditioning. Yeah, okay. So this is like saying you're kind of clearing the hard drive of a computer. So it's gotten all these apps and viruses and all these things going on with it over time. But it started as a blank slate, as just a computer that has potential, pure potential. And then it gets all this experience. And now you're saying the unconditioned mind would kind of be like wiping the computer clean again. Yes, it's not meaning forget everything you learn, like start again like a baby. That's not what we mean. But it's not staying attached to the experience, is letting go of the experience, is letting go of the result of one thing that you lived in your past, then you will be free. That's why the ancient wisdom and those teachers coming forth today are speaking about the now moment. Because in the now moment, you access the mind uncluttered. And this is the most precious place from where you can create that's the, the, the place of stillness. That's the place where you as the human, the physical body can access the divine because you have a physical body and the brain, the mind, the electrical connection are what allows you in the physical to touch this divine dimension. It is meant to be felt in the body. That's what will connect you to the, the light of the divine dimension. It's really scary for the minds. I work with clients all day, often with the inner voice, and kind of to ask them to relinquish all their desires that the mind, the conditioned mind, has come up with, the egoic mind has come up with, and then just to trust and accept what is and allow and allow and allow <laughs> and let creation flow through them. It almost feels like to the ego mind, okay, then does that mean I never get any of the presents I've asked for on the Christmas list? <laughs> if I let go of all of the attachments or expectations or desires for them. So what happens if we let go of all that? Do we not get the presents? Tell us what are the presents the ego asked for. That's it most relevant thing here. Well, let's just say the humans tend to care about things like their health, their abundance, and their relationships. Mm -hmm. So they fear if they let go, or maybe they might even have possessions, I guess, at some level, like maybe they want to live on the water or they want to buy some shoes. <laughs> it's always about when the ego wants something, it's because it needs to attain a certain feeling. The ego thinks, if I have this job, if I have this house, if I have this car, I will be perceived in society like this or whatever the reason, and then I will be happy. It's not necessarily the house, the car, the job that brings the happiness or that is desired. It's the feeling that it will bring that is desired by the ego. The ego is not equipped to understand that when you surrender to what is inside of you, when you surrender to the present, everything is satisfied. The ego cannot understand that. It will not. 
it's so scared thinking that it won't, I'm kind of feeling into it for myself and for anyone else, the egoic side of it. <laughs> it's so scary to think you could feel good, but let's say for like Jess, the human, she'd love to have a family one day. And she's at an interesting age that time-wise, I don't buy into like society because each individual is a soul and a soul. So I'm not super obsessed with the concept of it all, but the idea of surrendering on the egoic mind it's scary because it, the mind thinks, well, does that mean I might not get a family if I just let my soul, I might be happy. So I'm not doubting that my enlightened state will be joyful and whatever, but does that mean I sacrificed the family I'd love to have too? And what if the family would come faster if you let go of the mind? Well, I'm doing it, but I'm like, really, I can see the contrast there, that like tension of like, I'm doing it to most, as much as my mind can allow. You're doing what? Trusting, because I'm not efforting that aspect of my life anymore. So there is a level of allowing that's bigger than ever before, more relaxed, more let go. And I don't know, I, and it doesn't have tons of resistance to it. I'm just bringing up something, you know, in hopes to be the representative of the human race. <laughs> uh, we understand. The thing is desiring something. It all depends from where the desire is issued. Is it from something you have to heal? Is it from something that you just came here to experience? Is it from something that you gathered from your childhood? It all depends on from where the desire is rooting from. What type of experience was the, served as the, let's say, the ground in which that seed grew to become a desire in you? And that's tying perfectly into the topic of what is creation. You know, what is the essence of creation? If you create a desire from a sense of joy, it will be very different as a result when it manifests that if you create from a sense of lack or if you create from a sense of expectation. So the root of or the soil in which the seed is planted, makes all the difference. That's why sometimes some creation never manifest. Some manifest in such a different ways than the person was expecting. And then sometimes they manifest exactly like the person was expecting. It's all depending from the soil in which the desire grew. Can you change the soil? You can always, always go back in your past and heal your past. You can look at the soil or the experience or the context in which an idea was created and look at it from a divine perspective. So we will make this easier for you. You can look at it with a totally void of history perspective. Look at it anew. Look at it with new eyes. Look at the context in which your desire was created without judging you, without judging anyone, without anger, without frustration, without fear, without sadness. Look at that moment in total neutrality and just watch it heal. 
Beautiful. One of the things I've loved that you've shared, and I used it many times in many different situations to check in for myself, was something you had shared and you haven't said it on the show yet. So maybe this would be a nice place to share it in terms of essence of creation in the soil with which you are selecting. Do you remember describing the diamond and when to buy the diamond to me? Yes. Mm -hmm. Can you please share that? I love that story. Mm -hmm. So it is about the space or what gives spring to a desire. So let's say you love diamonds. We're going to share two different experiences here, okay? Let's say you just go in a store and you watch the stones and you look at them. There are all kinds of diamonds. They have precious stones of different colors. They have different sizes. They have all these beautiful pieces of earth in front of you. And you're there and you're watching and you're waiting and you're just watching and waiting and looking at the stones like if they were little persons speaking to you. And this one has a specific song and this one has a specific sweetness to it. And then you stop in front of one stone because it speaks to you in such a strong voice. This stone is going to be yours. It's calling you. It has a resonance with you. And it seems almost like if it's part of you. And then you say, without resistance, you don't mind. Okay, it's a pricey stone, but you find it so beautiful and it speaks to your heart. And then you say, okay, I buy the stone. And you buy the diamond and you pay a big price. Maybe someone would pay that price for a car or we don't know. But you pay a big price and you don't care. It's okay. You have the money and you do it. And you go back home with your precious friend. It's your new friend. But it's just like if you've known each other for thousands of years. And you go back home and you sit with your stone and you're just so wonderfully happy and thrilled. And somehow this stone is going to open your heart and bring you in a different space and show you more about you. And then you can just have the stone set on a ring or put it in the drawer. You don't care. It's your stone. You don't need to show it to anyone. You know it's yours. You know it's an addition to your life and that's it. And this is a beautiful way of manifesting presence in your life. We're not saying everybody needs a diamond. We're just showing the example. But we're going to show the other side of this. Someone could see your stone and say, hmm, this lady has a great diamond. Maybe, you know, this would be good for me. And then she goes into a diamond store, and then she looks at the stones, and her heart may be calling her to a tiny little red one, but her mind will say, no, no, we need the big one. We need the one that's like this lady. We need the one that gives you this and that. And the heart keeps singing with the little stone, the little red one, because that's the connection. But the mind will say, no, we want the big one. And the mind will just pay the price, even though maybe they don't really have the money or the money was meant for something else. And they go home. And the first thing is they don't sit with the stone. They need to have it set or they need to show it. And their, we don't want to say joy, but their pleasure will come from that. But nothing will feed their heart. And it's just the mind that will be fed. And the ego. And that's a creation, a manifestation from the ego. And it will not open your heart in this moment. Maybe 
maybe feeling the emptiness of the experience will one day feed something and nurture something. But in the now, that's just to show the seed of creation, the seed of desire is so important. I love that story. And it was actually out of the context when we were originally speaking. So if someone thinks, okay, this is pretty obvious, it's an object, right? Pretty obvious for the ego to go and see that now, especially anyone listening. I think they've pretty much got that for the most part in their lives. Here's where it originated from. You were speaking to me about how the audience that follows this, and I don't think, my, I'm so weird at this point, and so don't try for anyone to find or follow in any effortful way at all. But you had said that, you know, someone joining a class like mine or maybe doing, let's say, Joe Dispenza's work or going to an Abraham event, whatever choice of interest they have. You said some people go for their own joy, like the first diamond example. They don't need to be seen. And then the other one is some people want to be a part of that community. Let's say it's going to Burning Man or going to a fest or to some festival or conference of sorts where they're there to be seen there. That was where it originated and you used the diamond analogy to explain that if you would be fine going there and no one ever knew and it was just for you, it's very different than going to be seen. So if anyone's looking at the diamond and saying, oh, that's easy, that's like a more elevated way of looking at the egoic attachment to perception in a different way. Yes, you're right. And what comes from that is the desire to belong. So when we go back to what uh, created that analogy, we were speaking about your audience or someone who goes to Joe Dispenza, like you said. So someone will do that, like you say, for themselves. And that's the richness of it. And someone will do it because they think or they want to belong. And the need to belong is spurting from the fear of being separated and the lack of connection that most humans feel nowadays. And whatever the means people take to belong to something. We want to remind them when you open up to divinity, when you open up to, we will skip that word for now, but when you open up for the now moment and you connect with your own presence and you connect with your own connection to consciousness, then you don't need to look for belonging. You are it. You are dwelling in the space of I belong. I am part of the whole universe. When you are in the present moment, you don't feel separation. You are not an individual anymore. You don't lose your identity. We're not saying that. But you sense, you feel you're connected to all that is. And that, that richness may be what explains some wisdom will say, Nirvana is the lack of desire, but we can say very simply and very surfacing here on that topic, when you are in the present moment, when you are connected to the now, you don't have a feeling of lack. You don't have a feeling of being less than. You're just so connected to what is that you feel fulfilled. You feel splendid in your own self. You feel happy about your experience. You feel even happy about your own body. You feel happy about what's in your life. You see the beauty in everything that's in your life. So needing a diamond is, is needing it for, for appearance is just showing up the pain of feeling someone don't belong. And it's just a reminder for you 
if you know, if you see, if you feel that it's your reaction and it's it's basically pretty human, just come back to your own center, come back to this space of consciousness, this space of now, no history, no yesterday, no tomorrow, just being in the now. And then it stops being the individual all by himself alone. And you feel the connection to us, to your inner voice, to all the teachers who come to you to show you the way, but they just are waiting for an invitation. And that doesn't mean we don't get the diamond if it speaks to our heart. If the essence wants to play with the physical reality, that's something that religion seemed to beat out of humans. Oh, there is nothing wrong with possessions. Nothing wrong with possessions. You are in a physical world. Beauty is in all forms. And that must be the scale with which you can measure. Am I having this out of ego or am I having this out of sheer joy? Do you need to show it? Do you need to see people see you with it? Or is it for your own self? Yeah, it was fun to check in with that. Because for me, I love decorating in homes and so forth. And I love sharing it out of joy, but I don't need to share it. I will live in it happily alone, <laughs> some beautiful place. And it's just important for me. But I do enjoy sharing it in an attached way. But it's never for the need to share, but I love that it also gets to be enjoyed by others that see it. So you have to dare be yourself and know and understand and see what is nurturing to you. If colors and forms and shapes and furniture and creating your own ambient context is important to you, give that to you. That's the joy of being the creator. If your way of creating is different, it's all good. The thing is you have to identify what is your way of creating, not the one of the neighbor or the, the teacher who's trendy or this person or that person. You don't care. You don't need to care, but we know you care. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fun to think. Yeah, I love that because I have a friend, Eileen, who I love really dearly, and she's a wonderful artist, and she's really good at channeling her art and painting. And I thought about it the other day, and I was like, you know, I, I don't feel, I love pottery too, but I don't feel like getting that involved in the long process that it is here in London right now. So I was like, I don't think I'm going to do something creative in that way, but my channels, and then yesterday watching science videos and getting really excited about how channel content matches E equals MC squared was my own creativity. And it came through. I didn't know when or where, but that's my version of creativity. Whatever helps you raise your vibrations is a good thing in your life. So that's why some people will accumulate things with a specific color, with a specific tint, with a specific sound, or that's why some other people like you will be attracted to quantum physics and understanding more of that. It helps raise your vibration. That's a natural movement in the human being. You are on earth to evolve. And knowing it or not consciously, your body, your being is attracted to a certain type of things, persons, events, to make you grow, to have you expand, to have you explore and to have you evolve. So it may be furniture, it may be books, it may be movies. We don't care as long as it makes your heart sing, your heart sing. I love that. Now, here's another one I love to poke in the inner voice. 
poke the bear of the mind with the inner voice with my clients. We can use your diamond analogy, but one of the things I always ask the inner voices is, does this person have to work hard at anything in their life? And it says no. And then I go into different aspects of their life. The mind holds on to hardship and effort. And I get to work and I say, if this person didn't want to work, would they have to work in order to have abundance? And then they get no. And I say, does the brain mind believe that? And they say no. (laughs) And so then I say, well, let's say Ambrosia wanted to like stop working and she wanted to buy a plane. So that's like she goes into the plane shop instead of the diamond store. But I pick something obscenely large and expensive to a mind. And I say, if she wanted to buy the plane (laughs) and she's not working, but she really feels desire for this plane, could she buy it and have the money to? And of course the mind is like now rejecting this outright, but they're breathing and breathing and they have to get out of their head and they say yes. So I'm going to ask you because you can just put more words to it. So if we see that diamond in the store. No, we love the plane. Okay, let's say we get the plane. So here, collective, I'm going to ask you, can we have the plane without working? It's not an easy answer, but it's fun to share. Okay, yes, you can have it. And we will let you know how. If that lady says, I want a plane, but I don't have enough money for now. And then the mind kicks in and says, well, that's it. You're done, baby. You're cooked. You forget about your idea. And then you'll never get your plane and you'll just, you know, buy tickets like everybody else on the internet. But that's the human conditioned mind. So when that person just sits there, takes some time, maybe it will be more than one session, but, you know, she takes the time with herself to just sit there And forget about the history of why she can't have things that is rooted in her limited mind, in her conditioned human mind. Here are the stories that are blocking her to have the airplane or the whale or the building or the whatever, the biggest thing you want to create. These are the stories that are making her not having the plane, not allowing the plane in her life. But when she goes beyond that, when that lady is in that space of, I have no more walls, I have no more history of, I can't afford this, it cannot come to me, because all the because are silent in that space, then the solution space, it has space to come in. And then it can come to her to maybe contact this person with a foundation or connect with this lady who has this amazing, we don't know what company who's eager to create something. We don't know how it can manifest, but she will be the creator of what will bring her the plane. Because look around you, there is this tiny percentage of people walking the earth and creating absolutely whatever they want because they are, you know, society labels them as crazy, as uh, totally out of the box, totally different. And, oh, this one, oh, yeah, he's a genius. And, oh, yeah, this lady is, you know, very special. And that's why she's succeeding. And that's why everything is so easy for her. But it's simply because they're going out of that box. So yes, she could have the plane or whatever she feels she wants in this life. It's if it's spurring from a place of sheer joy, not a sense of lack, 
not a sense of I need to because, just pure joy. And maybe <laughs> this you won't find funny, but we have to say it. Maybe it won't happen in this lifetime. Maybe she will not be fully aligned with that space that allows the plane to come in, but in the next lifetime. She'll be like, why did I get this plane in the next lifetime? <laughs> Someone just gifted me a plane out of the blue. <laughs> Maybe that's the lifetime where she chooses to open up enough to allow the plane or whatever to come in her life. And she has been practicing for, let's say, 10 previous lifetimes and having the seat of the airplane or, you know, what we mean. It's allowing, coming to that space where there are no limits, coming to that very special connection to your own self that is connected to the consciousness of all that is. And then maybe she will be able to manifest the plane and then maybe she will say, but I don't need the plane and she'll do something else. That's when people shift into service also, mostly, because they understand they can have anything they want in their life. And when they get to that point, there is no more desire. Maybe they will be taken on a plane by someone who needs them to teach a class. But when you are in that space where you can manifest a plane, you can manifest so much more and you can help people open up their eyes and open up their heart. And then she'll be invited on the plane of this important one and that important one, and she will fly wherever she wants. That reminds me of Eckhart Tolle a bit with Oprah, in a sense. So I can also recognize in my own life, one of the things that's helped me as far as anyone else, like hearing this sound so lovely through an amazing channel that to your group. But I remember when I was in my breakup with my college boyfriend, and we had been previously paying for $800 a month studio apartments. I worked in one, we lived in his for two years. And then the third year, we combined our incomes and lived in our own two bedroom apartment. And then when we broke up, he wasn't ready for like the next phase of like getting married and all that stuff. And so we finally realized that would be the best thing is for him to go have time for himself. And then I was looking at my choices of would I go back to an $800 studio apartment or what would I do? And I remember saying to myself, I can understand why he, you know, needs to go into himself and he needs to look at his his life and know himself deeper. That's all good. But I am not going back. This is not a sign that I need to go back to where I was before because I'm I'm ready. So <laughs> this isn't an issue for me. And I decided arbitrarily to stay in a one bedroom in the same building of the two bedroom apartment in the was 50% more. I had no idea how I was going to afford the 50% increase. I just decided <laughs> that it would work out and it did. And I think about that all the time now. Everything, even when I started with $700 in my account in the recession and everything, anything I actually did worked out. And so I know it always will. That's beautiful. That's the essence of creation we were talking about. You decided you were not going back and you decided and it was clear for you and you had no doubt you would not go back and you deserved it. When that certainty is what fills the thought of creation, it will give results. Then the universe aligns for you. Yeah. So if I could break it down, I could have, instead of looking at the situation as objectively as I did, which was, there's nothing wrong with us. 
we really cared about each other. He just wasn't ready for the next step. And so I could have said, oh, I did it wrong or I... I could have made it feel bad for me. Instead, I saw this is what's right for him and I'm going to give him that freedom and you know let him go and joy for that. But I could see it didn't mean I deserved any less. I didn't tell a mental story that this is something wrong with me. And that I think helped me to separate any stories my mind could have made of limitation. That's a beautiful healing when you understand deeply that you don't deserve less, that you don't need to punish yourself, that you, you know, this type of judgment that most humans have on themselves when something doesn't go the way they want it to, to happen, to realize. So not judging yourself is the beautiful creator way understanding that it's time to move on, understanding that you don't need to punish yourself. When you are clear with that, it will bring the means for you to create the life you want. Okay, so what else on the essence of creation? Is there any other elements or is it really just thoughts? It's thoughts, yes, that are what is important. We showed you what to consider is where the thought is arising from. And that is the main ingredient. There was something else we wanted to share about, but we can just stick with this. The essence of creation are thoughts, but you can consider thought to be something more than human. Consciousness or divinity or God or the essence of everything you see, they emanate what you can call a thought. And that is what helped manifest this world you live in. So know, understand, realize that your thoughts, there is so much power in them. There is destructive power. There is creative power. And there is also a level of thought that is non-evolutive but that a lot of human function with and it's the conservation or preservation mode where you just stay in a statu quo with things and it's comfortable it doesn't move anywhere it doesn't go back it's just maintenance that is a space where your energy is basically it's lost Creation is what brings you forward. Um, so when your thoughts are on a mode of creativity, that, what, that is what is going to make you move and evolve and change. And beware of destruction. There are two ways of looking at destruction. You can have self-destruction because you will have beliefs that will show you you're not worthy of what you want. You're not worthy of having the abundance and whatever. And these type of thoughts are really destructive. But there is also a type of destruction that is healthy. It's when it's time to move on. That type of destruction is good to have. It helps you clean the slate. It helps you change dimension. It helps you move forward. So it's important to start feeling in what modality are you operating right now? Are you in a static quo? Are you in a moving forward evolutive mode? Or are you in a space where you distract because you that's all you know? Or because you need to 
help yourself out of a certain situation. Just feel the difference and choose. Ah, oh, that makes so much sense. And I love that you're basically breaking it down to feeling through the essence of you for the desires and also so the vibrational ups, the creations, and then also the releasings and trusting that the releasing... I, I just see it so well in my own work, <laughs> how much I let go the minute it's not right. I'm like, okay, drop the mic, walk away six months, come back when it feels like there's an up yet. But there's no worry or doubt or concern of any level of creation, you know, anything that would have creative power. The mind might have its little back comment, but like, there's no part of me that's going to sit there and really give it much time of day. But so many people hold on. I work with them all day long, the humans that hold on to the careers or the relationships. And I watch it with their inner voices trying to help them let go. And then the mind's holding on. It's out of habit. So every day when you wake up, make the choice. I'm shedding the old me that I was yesterday, that I was up to now. And I'm starting this day anew. I'm born anew. Do that, feel that, think that, hear that from your own self each and every morning as you start your day. Just shed the old you. Break this habit of being the one who's held in a certain box. You deserve so much more than that. You can do so much more than that and you can also be so much more than what you are experiencing right now. I love that. And your connection and conversation with me on relationships a few weeks ago was so pivotal and helpful in the journey. And I have seen the escalation of releasing and allowing situations, kind of like a snake rolling itself over the stones and watching situations kind of like snag some of the skin that's shedding and go, oh, well, let go of that piece. And this situation brought this piece up to let go of. And it's just been amazing to see the momentum build in releasing and see the energy change at an insane rate compared to earlier this year. <laughs> in the last few weeks, it's a totally different. I feel completely different than I did when we actually had the conversation before. Beautiful. And this is the principle of giving yourself space to live your life now. You're not stuck in the old self anymore. You shed the old skin, you shed the old habits, and then you have room to be the one you are today. So many humans are keeping themselves stuck and choking in their old skin, so to speak, in their old habits, in their old views, because they don't dare. But if you dare one day, Look at your life with these new glasses or look at your life with no glasses or without the blinders and just choose to be the new you today. It'll just create miracles. I love that. You said you had one other thing you wanted to share. Do you want to talk about it now or next time? We would be done for now because the human is quite trying to intervene now. <laughs> Well, thank you, Collective. It's been a joy. I love, I think this is my, uh, I think this is one of the densest conversations. The amount we covered in the amount of time, I think we hit the deepest level of limitless time in this one that I've experienced so far. Thank you so much. Thanks to you so much. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And if you know anyone that might enjoy this, feel free to share it with them. 
And if you want to see what I'm up to on Instagram, you can find me at Jess C as in Cookie Lively. Until next time, may something wonderful happen to you today.